Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 157. Thank you for joining us. Today we pick up a conversation from episode 84 with president and founder of the Cardinal Newman Society, Patrick Riley. In celebration of the 30th year of the Cardinal Newman Society, we catch up with Patrick about what has happened since our last visit and all the new and great things happening in Catholic education. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. Hi, Stephen, how are you? Doing very well. We're, this is finals week at Colby, so everything is, is wrapping up from a a school year perspective, looking forward to the summer coming up here. Isn't that something? I think time has sped up here in the last few weeks and it's going faster all the time. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> it's hard to believe that we are at this point in the school year yet. Here we are. Okay. So uh, you know me and I'm not much of a statistician. I, I leave that mostly to you to look at our statistics and things, but I do know that our guest today was featured on one of our most downloaded episodes ever of the Colby Cast. We are very happy to welcome back Mr. Patrick Riley, founder and president of the Cardinal Newman Society. Hello, welcome back to the Colby Cast. Nice to see you again. Hello, thank you. Uh, it's great to be back with you, and um, it's a, a great program, and, and love everything you're all doing. So glad to be here. Thanks very much. It's good to get to talk to you again. It's been a couple of years since we talked to you. That was episode mm -hmm. 84. And of course, we'll link that in our show notes. So if folks want to go back and, and listen to that one and, and hear that conversation, that was a great conversation. We're hoping to kind of pick up from there and also catch up a bit. So it's a big year for the Cardinal Newman Society celebrating your 30th anniversary. Uh, where When you think about 30 years of the Cardinal Newman Society, what what comes to mind with that? Would you reminisce with us a bit about that? Oh, well, for me, it's so much because it's, you know, it's really 30 years of my life. I started the Cardinal Newman Society with some other college graduates just as I was finishing up my, just, just after I finished up my master's degree. So really, everything I've done since my college years has been somehow wrapped up with, with the Cardinal Newman Society. It was more of a volunteer thing for several years until I went full time with it. But uh, it's been my life and and I'm I'm very happy. I'm very grateful for it. You know, when you it's hard work and it's taken, you know, a long time to really get to where we are today. And uh, but but we have and and God has blessed this work in every way. I, I you know, you 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 pray and you you, know, you trust that you're doing what what you think God wants you to do, but you know you always have these nagging doubts. But it's hard to doubt when you look back on 30 years of doing something and you just see the way that that God's grace has has uh, you know shown itself through the entire process, and it's it's just been such a good thing. And so I'm just very confident in what we've done, and even more confident in where we're going next. And so. Uh, I think great things are happening in the church these days. Yeah, I was, I was just speaking with uh, one of our other co-hosts who wasn't able to join us today, Jordan, uh, this earlier in the day, and we were talking about how what a valuable thing the Newman Guide has been, and and what would what would our world be like if it wasn't there? Because it it has, I mean, 
I don't think there's anything that's that's in its place. It's something that is bringing this awareness of of great education and doing all the all the good things, right? Um, so what a you know calling a great a great thing that that, that this has been for for our church and our country. Sure. And and can you imagine trying to do something like the Newman Guide at a time when everything's going downhill, which in certain respects it is, but, um, you know, here we have this great ascendancy of faithful Catholic education that's, that's rising and is finally getting noticed in a widespread way. And people are realizing that this is the future of Catholic education. This is the future of the church. This is the renewal that's happening that we need across the church. It's happening because of the proper formation of young people as as Christians, and um, and that's just so exciting. So so yes, I, I think the Newman Guide has been been a wonderful thing, and I say that without the slightest bit of pride because you know we kind of fell into it, and it's been a great thing, and we've been so grateful and happy to do it to point to institutions that are doing things very well, and if they they weren't, we'd have nothing to point to. So it's you know, the Newman Guide is wonderful, but it's because the the colleges that we've been pointing to, and now also we're expanding to include schools and graduate programs and homeschool programs, hybrid programs, all of that. We want every Catholic family to be aware of where things are going well and to support that and to make sure that their sons and daughters are getting the kind of education that they deserve that was promised them in their baptism. As you've been reminiscing a bit, I was thinking about the benefit to each of the schools that are that are listed in the Numa Guide. How they probably, how that has fostered connection among them, probably in a way that maybe would have been far more challenging for them on their own, being spread out across the country as they are. Have you seen some of that come together? Uh, yes, you know, I, yeah, it's. I mean, the great one of the great things I love about the Newman Guide is you know you you you'd wish there were more institutions in there. Um, and, and increasingly, you know, there are, there are institutions that just keep getting better and better. Um, and, and, but every one of the institutions in the Newman Guide that we recommend, um, and every one of these, you know, schools, homeschool programs, everything that we, we look at, they're all very distinct and different in their own ways, right? And not just regionally because of where they're located, that has a lot to do with the experience, but also just the way that they come at the curriculum, the student life, the everything. It's all very different and uh, and distinct, and yet they all have this, you know, this one common devotion to, to teaching the faith. And so it just helps you to, to recognize the universality of the faith, um, that you know, we do come at these things in different ways, and everyone's going to find benefits in certain institutions and not other ones. And that's just great. I mean, I love the variety of the institutions and yet the unity at the same time, right? That, that's the church. I'm very curious about that myself because um, just I, I see in our church as well, this happens, I think, all throughout that, that there's this balance between competition. And recently in our Colby discussions, we've been talking about the word emulate to emulate we're to kind of a competition but basically maybe like we're a competition looking at kind of facing each other not exactly what you want you you beat the other person but it, like pushing each other to be 
better, you know, to to be the best that you can, to to be what God has called you to be. Kind of, we we're chatting beforehand, like the kind of some of the rivalry between Dominicans and Jesuit or and Franciscans at times. But I was I was curious of, because you have the big picture of what's going on in the Catholic educational world. Do you see is is that is it shaping up to be more of a yes we're in this together with us we do our own thing and we're the best at this thing but but less of that we're better than them sort of thing i, I don't know exactly how to put that but sure sure and i i think you captured it right in the sense that you know the competition is healthy in a certain sense and so it's good for them always to try to be looking at what's good and to say oh, wow, you know, we, we should be doing that. And so we want to do it well. Um, competition's unhealthy when you're dragging others down instead of lifting everyone up. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, all of the colleges we recommend borrow from each other and, and see what's being successful in one place and maybe unsuccessful elsewhere. Um, and that goes to all kinds of practical things as well as, you know, the most important things, how they live out their mission. And so, um, you know, we're seeing this great, uh, classical movement, you know, coming along, right? And and certainly Colby's very much, you know, at the heart of that. And um, to to be honest, a lot of that has come up through the Protestant churches and through the Protestant communities. And yet, um, there's something so distinctive and so incredibly valuable about how it plays out within the Catholic circles, because we have not just, you know. A, great foundation from 2000 years ago or 3000 years ago, but we have everything in between and we have so much to recapture that really just over the last 100, 200, 300 years was, was um, wholly abandoned. And it started, you know, a lot sooner than that with the enlightenment and, and even the Renaissance in many ways. But, um, you know, we, we have a lot, to pick up on and and we're seeing that happen in such wonderful wonderful ways and so uh yeah i you know i see nothing but success with the newman guide colleges some of them in financial terms may not have hit their stride entirely they they're they're still building toward that but they are building toward that they're they're consistently growing they're consistently building in reputation there's no concern in from what I can see of these institutions um, failing, uh, you know, except, you know, there's always the the crisis that hits uh, hits us all in different places. But all in all, I mean, it's just outstanding the way Catholic faithful Catholic education is growing and doing better, whereas the rest of education is just collapsing in a in a dismal way. And it's sad to see all of that collapse around us, but it also makes it all the more glorious to look at, at this renewal that's happening and seeing that God is, is working in our world if we're willing to embrace it. I, I love from what I've seen with a number of those Newman Guide schools that you really do see God's providence at work. And you, I mean, hearing my father-in-law talk about the startup at of Thomas Aquinas College and seeing them through the years as well. And you think if this was if this was a man-driven endeavor, there certainly would be failure all over the place. But the, the it seems like these schools who really stick to the the truthfulness of the faith, the the need that God 
sees in our world and wants these people to come in and and you know they just providence providence just keeps providing left and right as long as they're remaining faithful to their mission so it's it's a, right. it's a fantastic thing to see yeah yeah i heard newman in, in what you were just saying there with his second spring right the whole idea that everything in nature seems to have this cyclical effect that god preserves what he has created um but everything man does tends to fall to dissolution right and and it's that's when we really know that there's a miraculous hand in things when they're when they're lifted up and preserved and and or or restored which i think is the case that we're seeing now right it's a renewal and a reform and um it just all the more highlights the the glory of god and how he can bring such wonderful things out of a a rather dark period that we're in in terms of our culture I was just thinking maybe in preparation for this because it's been going through my mind but I was thinking about how prevalent how that is that such an important thing to keep 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 that view of God's God's plan and things he's doing and that and things of the world and it was it was a mundane thing it's like when I whenever I'm mowing my lawn inevitably within a month my lawnmower is going to break down and you know you can so you can approach these daily tasks as kind of like oh not again this is horrible and and the but it's like no this is the world that we live in it's going to pass away things like lawnmowers will break down they don't last forever so keeping you know being able to keep sort of yes there are things that are that like that but god's things he can preserve you know so you're just you know kind of as a in a catholic organization trying to constantly do as you said determine what's what's god's plan not necessarily what i want to do with it but but what is it that god wants so, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know about you, but I would not be heartbroken if there are no lawnmowers in heaven, right? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned this earlier, and here in these last few comments, you were making about the the broader state of of education. What good timing for the expansion of your Newman Guide beyond the undergraduate programs that you've um, chronicled for a while, and that service you provided for a long while for undergraduate programs. Would you tell us a bit about the expansion that's going on to uh, the levels of education on either side of that? Yeah, and since 2009, I believe it was, we've we've been um, recognizing K-12 schools as well. It started out, it was high schools, and then we expanded it. Um, and it just really hasn't got a lot of attention, whereas the Newman Guide is just known. It has a certain brand. It has a certain cachet for what it stands for. And so what we're doing is bringing that school recognition into uh, the Newman Guide uh, under that same umbrella. So there will be Newman Guide recognized schools as well as colleges. Um, and then we're also launching or have have launched, we've been invited applications anyhow, for graduate programs because we get a lot of questions about well, okay, you recognize this college for its undergraduate program. What about the graduate programs? And the fact is, you know, we we live in a in a world where, you know, even at a, a college where the undergraduate program might be recognized, maybe not the graduate program might not be fully there. On the other hand, there are graduate programs elsewhere that aren't at the Newman Guide Colleges that are great and wonderful Catholic education opportunities. And so we wanted to recognize those. And so we will recognize particular programs at Newman Guy Colleges and elsewhere at other places. Um, there's great independent 
standalone graduate programs like Divine Mercy University for the Psychological Sciences and Ave Maria Law and things like that. Uh, and then, um, you know, a lot of this is is follows our development of the standards that we've developed for Catholic education. And, you know, the first thing was to look specifically at schools. A lot of the church documents are particularly focused on the brick and mortar school, right? That's been our experience, um, you know, certainly um, since Vatican II, it's been the primary experience of the church. But uh, we, we, the Cardinal Newman Society, recognize that there's a, a, a broad number of ways of Catholic education. If we, we tried to say, which a lot of people do today, if we tried to equate Catholic education with brick and mortar schools, then you'd have to say that there was no Catholic education for most of the history of the church. And that's certainly not the case, right? And so um, Catholic education comes in many forms. Homeschooling is a very uh, natural way of education, right? And so, uh, and although today it's a very different thing than the homeschooling that Jesus would have had, right? And, uh, of course, he would have also had the, um, the local Jewish, the synagogue to study at as well. Uh, scholars think that he actually did study at a local synagogue which is just interesting to contemplate. But so there, there are just so many different ways of doing Catholic education, but the essence of Catholic education in the formation of the mind and uh, in harmony with the formation of, of the entire soul and the body, um, that all of it needs to be integrated and understanding that the insights of the Catholic faith are foundational to anything that we study, no matter what the subject matter is. It's not that we simply pile on Catholic things into a secular education. A secular education, by definition, is excluding the truths that, that we recognize as Catholics. And so, uh, you know, as long as that's there, we're enthusiastic about it. And, and different families are going to be in different situations where they can homeschool or, you know, the hybrid programs that are developing kind of help to address other circumstances or there's you know the full schools and and all of these are ways of supporting the family in its vocation of education so we want to recognize all of that and celebrate all of that and we what we desperately want is for catholic families to get out of secular education because it's proven for anyone who thought that maybe it was neutral, maybe it was, uh, you know, could still be valuable, I think we're seeing the proof of what it's done to our culture, done to our society, and what it's doing to our church. And so we need young people to get a truly Catholic formation. Seems like it'd be quite a challenge, though, for those different areas, because like when I look at like the Newman Guide College list, it was like, okay, these are undergraduates, you, you need to look at the environment that they're in, the, you know, the availability of the sacraments, whether they've got Catholic, but then in both directions, as you're saying, you've got like graduate schools where chances are you're not going to be living on campus or for many of them in the same way that you would, or the regional quality of a lot of the, you know, the more brick and mortar style, at least uh, high schools or or K through 12 schools or whatever. And was it hard to to kind of shift or pivot to that those different sort of things as you were yes it's it's very hard it's it's very difficult because um there's so many in addition to the very 
legitimate issues that you have to think through what's different and what's distinctive about these different levels of education there are also all of these assumptions that are just out there you know you'll hear constantly that well college is we don't do catechesis in college we do catechesis k-12 and then catechesis ends and then you go to college and you do theology and you think about the things that you learned in catechesis well, there's a, a general truth to that because of the age level of the students and the capability to analyze and reason and and work on these things. But it's a it's it's kind of ludicrous to to draw that very hard line. And so, how does that affect these different levels? What what we've done over the last few years is to work on developing these standards of Catholic education for everything that starting with the Catholic school K twelve. What does it do and what, you know, whether it's admissions, athletics, the academics, the, um, you know, the liturgical life, all of these things, as a Catholic institution, what should be expected um, of every Catholic education, whether it's homeschooling, whether it's a school, whether it's, you know, any kind of form. And as we've been able to look at that and, and gather this from the principles that are taught by the church and all of the church documents, um, we've we've identified some some very strong and clear standards that I think it's it's surprising how directly they do apply to the other levels. It's not all that different. I mean, the principles of selecting the literature that's going to be taught or or even on the shelves of the library at a school aren't all aren't really any different than the principles for the same thing at the college level however you're doing it within the context of the age um you know age appropriate context for for the students and so some things do change in the particulars but not in the principles and so Catholic education is is really the same when you start to look at it across all of these different methods and age groups. As a follow-up question, as you were saying, have you seen, I mean, what immediately occurs to me is like, as I looked through the Newman Guide schools and you've got all of the, like, like the gold and silver stars that, that might be lined up next to them for certain things. Have you seen your you know your recognition of these principles actually serve as a as a tool for schools to to self-evaluate and say we should have a gold star here we should be doing this have you have you seen have you seen that effect through some of these processes absolutely and I, you know you think about us as individuals right you know once you once you give your life to god and you you know you embrace the catholic faith and you're you know you're baptized and confirmed into the faith it doesn't get easier i mean it gets easier in, in the sense that you have the grace but the but the challenge is greater because you're you're more expected of yourself and it's the same thing with the newman guide you know these institutions love the fact that they're recognized as good faithful catholic institutions but it it can be a burden too in this not a bad burden it's a it's a welcome burden for all of these institutions but it does create certain challenges where people start to ask questions and say well if you're a newman guide institution why are you doing this or why are you, why aren't you doing what the other institution is doing and that's I think everyone recognizes that as a very healthy thing and it does challenge them. And 
um, it's been interesting to see some of the Newman Guide Colleges say, well, we recognize that that is in many ways uh, perhaps a, a better thing under certain circumstances, but those aren't our circumstances. And so we're going to acknowledge that that's not who we are um, and that's what they are. And so, you know, the families have to make a, a decision on, on, you know, what exactly is most important to them. But in every case, these are institutions that are doing everything they can to try to, you know, to cultivate the mind and, and the faith in their students. And it is going to be a little bit different in each case. Okay, well, so Colby has been forming students from an early age, and, and I know many of our families look to the Newman Guide to help their students take the next steps in academia, if that's the path that they have discerned to be to be for them. There are a number of opportunities that Colby students have throughout their time with us here at Colby to interact with representatives from the Newman Guide Schools at Colby's virtual college fairs, webinars that the, our college partners come and present to our students through the Cardinal Newman Society's virtual college fair that was held recently. And we're hoping to add to these opportunities here coming up soon. What would you say is the value of offering high school students firsthand experiences and opportunities with Newman Guide Schools while they're still in high school? Well, I, I think there's great value. I mean, I, I think we're, one of the things we're also learning overall as a culture is that so many things like theology and philosophy and logic and all of these things somehow got pushed to the college level. You know, we kind of said, all right, that's we don't do that in high school. We're going to do that in college. And then the colleges stopped doing it. Right. And so, you know, even at some of the best colleges, unless you're majoring in philosophy or majoring in theology, you don't get a lot of it. And um, and it's a lot. There are a lot of things that really every educated Catholic graduating from high school really ought to have. And so, um, you know, we're finding that a lot more of this does need to happen at the high school level, as long as, you know, the students are from a young age formed and cultivated so that they're prepared for it. And, and that's what programs like Colby do. And, and so we're, we're starting to, to develop that. Um, so that's one thing is just, I think a lot of these so-called college level courses really are great for high school students. Um, uh, but then the other thing, of course, is is there's it's expensive going to college, and um, if you can shave off some credits and get those done in high school, you can, um, you know, even knock off a year of your college or do something like that. That's great, right? Get started on these things, and then of course there's the whole thing about demonstrating that you're capable of college level work demonstrating to yourself and demonstrating to the colleges and so you know the the rule of thumb has always been for a long time that it's really good for homeschooled students even in an accredited program like Colby to take you know at least one or two college credit courses through these dual enrollment programs and such in order to demonstrate that you can get an A or at least a B in, in one of these colleges, in one of these courses, and that you're capable of college level work. Because the, the reality is they don't always know what, what an A or a B means in a in a homeschool program. I think that's changed though. I, you know, that 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 do um 
you know, doubt that they had about, you know, someone coming in and saying, well, I was homeschooled and the colleges don't know what that means. I think these days they're so eager to get the homeschool students because maybe there's the occasional one who really didn't do as well as they said they did. In most cases, these are the students who are coming into the colleges and are succeeding extraordinarily. And and so um, they're willing to 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 take the students um, in any case, but it, there's just great value, I think, to these partnerships with with colleges, particularly good faithful colleges that share, um, you know, the same mission of, and the, you know, the same principles that I was talking about of good faithful Catholic education. It's just very valuable to families and to young people. I know that I've looked at it really as a need for Colby or any of the schools to kind of investigate in the past because. You know, and what I would love is for every one of our graduates to be going to a Newman Guide school, and you could, we could do the handoff at that point and say, okay, now you're going to, like when I went to TAC, now I'm going to get the, you know, I'm going to read all of this Aristotle on St. Thomas, and I'm going to approach it kind of fresh for the first time here, but not every student is going to go to TAC or to another New, Newman Guide school as well, and what are they going to do when, with, without the some of that additional formation, without an exposure to philosophy and theology, even that's beyond Colby's rigorous, you know, normal curriculum? But for me, this provides a great opportunity, and the openness of the Newman Guide schools to start investigating this is really remarkable. I think, but I think they see the need as well. But but for now, instead of going to the community college and picking up the garbage you're going to get at your community college course for the most part you can get these beautiful courses that are really going to solidify you so that you're ready to go out even to a non newman guide school perhaps and have some real formation that's been impressive yeah i think that's really important what you said there because you know on the one hand we are seeing how the the beauty of this good, strong, faithful education, and it's it's becoming more beautiful, right? It's getting better and better every year uh, at all of these institutions. Um, that's that's one side of it, and more and more people are starting to see that, which is great. But there's the other side that I think people are are realizing the the darkness of of you know the, the secular education um, in principle, right? Secular education in principle simply doesn't provide you know it, it can provide you some basic information and 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 reasoning upon certain information but uh you're missing so many of the foundational aspects of of anything that you study but then beyond that just speak in our current culture the way things are today there's no such thing as any more of a i shouldn't say there's no such thing but it's a it's a rare thing to find a good, so-called good secular institution. I mean, they're they're so captured by ideology and and the falsehoods of our time that um, that they're just dangerous places. They're they're dangerous intellectually. They're dangerous socially. Um, you can go to one of these institutions and basically have your career and your life severely damaged, if not destroyed simply because you dared to voice something that's that's obviously true right and and that's just i i think catholic families need to be thinking about the the great dangers that we're finding 
outside of good faithful Catholic education. Um, it's, it, I'm, I've been happy to see more, at least available out there recently, talking about just the 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 rottenness of the institution itself. You know how 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 public education has developed over the last century or centuries, maybe century in particular, and just seeing you know you like like you've you've mentioned before you can't just slather some catholic stuff on top of that it's it's fundamentally rotten in underneath you know so so that movement back to that's happening is 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 what's needed clearly yeah yeah and i'm eager for you know that's we're trying at the same time that we're highlighting these good institutions, I'm eager to keep talking about, and I'm eager for more Catholics to understand some of those fundamental points that that it's not just a problem of our times. It's there's something fundamentally different about a secular education and a, and a truly Catholic education, um, and there's something very dangerous uh, that that can happen in a secular education, but even worse in a Catholic, so-called Catholic education that's presented as such, that's truly secular. Um, and so I think more and more people are seeing that and we just need to keep talking about it. Well, for a while now, Colby has had a partnership with the University of St. Thomas, which is a Newman Guy School, University of St. Thomas in Houston, um, for some mm -hmm. dual enrollment opportunities. Uh, student Colby students have been able to take um, courses through the University of St. Thomas and earn college credit through a dual enrollment program uh, we actually had the pleasure of visiting with Dr. George Harn from the University of St. Thomas on episode 109. So I'll link that in our show notes for, for that great conversation. We've talked about dual enrollment a few times on other episodes. One that comes to mind is number 148, Engage and Apply, with some of our, our Colby folks here, um, Megan Lingle and Everett Byarski and Tony Gazaldo. And also on episode 127 with Kimberly Farley of the Classic Learning Test, we, we had some good conversations about dual enrollment. So uh, Colby has been offering some dual enrollment opportunities and is looking to build upon those. And actually now, as soon as going to be offering a concurrent enrollment option, which to take a second to to define our terms a bit, it, it depends on which institution is teaching the course. So the dual enrollment course is, is taught by the, the college institution. The concurrent enrollment is taught by in our case, Colby, um, specifically theology courses for now, and students have the opportunity to earn college credit for those while still taking Colby courses. So there's going to be more information coming out about about that new program. Uh, Stephen, do you want to say anything more about that? Yeah, Franciscan is is leading the charge in this area, and I'm just so impressed with what they're doing. So offering some of these 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 things, as you said, that we'll be announcing that we can they can take Colby's theology courses, but then enroll for credit and with a, they'll have to do some tests and stuff. But I think they've been working with the the um, Chesterton, some of the Chesterton schools for a similar arrangement. And you know, I'm just really grateful for them to to consider this. You know, it's it's something that's really needed, I think, in our schools. And then we don't have to go out and try to recreate the wheel, trying to come up with great college courses when we're a pre-K through 12 school. You know, this is it's I'm really excited. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it sounds like a great opportunity. And to see the opportunities that are forthcoming for future students to to earn college credit for the Colby studies. That's, I'm delighted to hear that. I think that's great. Yet another wonderful development. That's great. Yeah, it's one of the things that we're hoping with this, you know, 
expanding sort of the understanding of what Newman Guide School is, right? That it's it's it doesn't it's not limited by a level or or uh, a particular method, but it's about the type of education formation that's being provided. We're hoping that that actually builds the, even more of this synergy, right, among all the levels and all the institutions that we're all engaged in the same fundamental mission, and that is promoting and, and renewing faithful Catholic education. We're all doing this together, and we all have our different roles. And, uh, you know, I would love to see, you know, ultimately, uh most, if not all, of the the graduates of Newman Guide schools or homeschool programs attending Newman Guide colleges and then Newman Guide graduate programs and even the parents enrolling in the Newman Guide graduate programs and just have this understanding of, you know, it's not a it's not a brand in the sense that you know the Cardinal Newman Society has any direct role in these institutions, but it's a brand in the sense that they they see that seal, they see that mark, and they understand that this is someplace that's truly devoted to good, faithful education. Okay, well, another wonderful thing happening here in, in your 30th year of the Cardinal Newman Society is this Task Force for Eucharistic Education. I'm very interested in this. I was uh, very delighted to, to read about this as I was preparing to talk to you today. Could you tell us a bit about this, how it came to be and why and who all is involved and so forth? Yeah, uh, you know, it's it, in many ways, it's just a natural thing, right? And it's kind of interesting as we're celebrating our 30th anniversary, you know, leading up to it, you get all of these studies coming out showing not only that vast majority of uh, Catholics, baptized Catholics, do not recognize the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, but uh in, if you dig down deeper into it and you look especially at the younger, young adult Catholics, who I think it's about 70% of them said that they don't believe in the real presence in the Eucharist, uh, the, the very sizable majority of them say that they didn't realize that the church taught the real presence in the Eucharist. So it's, we can say it's a crisis of faith, but I say it's a crisis of education. We simply have failed to to give baptized Catholics what they were promised in their baptism. And so I, I really do believe that young people, once they're baptized in the church, they are owed, they are due the faith, they are, they are due a Catholic education and a Catholic formation. It's, it's promised to them in their baptism. And so the, it's incumbent on the church and on the families to, to provide that and to ensure that. And so, you know, we need to make sure that that families have good opportunities for that. And that's building up these schools and, and colleges. So it all fits right into, into what we're doing. And so, you know, we launched this task force for Eucharistic education because we saw so much of the conversation around this crisis of faith and crisis of education. And, you know, there are a lot of great things being talked about how to renew an understanding and, and devotion to Christ in the Eucharist. Um, and a lot of it had to do with the liturgy, which is extremely important. A lot of it had to do with, with catechesis and simply getting out there and doing a better job in our CCD programs and, and in homilies and in other ways. 
But there's very little talk about Catholic education per se in the sense of the total formation of young people. And um, we launched the, the, the Task Force for Eucharistic Education to try to mobilize um, Catholic educators in particular, but also students, parents, uh, researchers, you know, any kind of scholar, anybody who could um, develop programs through the Catholic education that would help to um, strengthen devotion to Christ in the Eucharist. And so part of it is obviously to support and to help this renewal that the bishops have called for. Um, but it's also, on the other hand, to highlight what is being done and the importance of Catholic education in this whole renewal, that, that Catholic education needs to be central to it. And unfortunately, it's it's not been talked about in that way. In part, I suppose, because so few Catholics today are attending Catholic schools, but we need to stop thinking about enrollment in Catholic schools as the as the challenge. That's not the challenge. The challenge is forming young Catholics in the faith. That's the challenge of Catholic education. And, and if the schools aren't the answer, then what is the answer? What are the other ways we can do it? That's why homeschooling has has grown so rapidly because it's an it's an answer of our times. We have the opportunity of the internet. We have all these different ways of accessing resources and and the expertise of great people. I I had someone talking to me. My kids are all homeschooled, um, and I had someone saying, you know, well, you know, when when kids go to a Catholic school, they have the opportunity. They have a teacher who's an expert in theology or an expert in history and everything. And I said, yeah, but you know, my kids, they're taught theology and catechesis by, you know, Father Hardin. And they're taught philosophy by Peter Kreeft and and logic and you know by DQ McInerney. And like, I mean, they have the best of the best, which which they wouldn't get in their local school because they have access to. So it's just another way that, that we now have to to educate and form. And so, you know, we, we want to highlight that as so important. And so we actually have four aspects of this task force for Eucharistic education, and that is focusing on Eucharistic literacy, meaning, you know, awareness and understanding of the Eucharist as the real presence of Christ. Um, liturgy, particularly in our schools and in Catholic education, trying to get past this idea that young people want cartoonish type of um, sing-songy type of masses, and in fact, you know, the the evidence is that no, they're actually very much attracted to the beauty and the reverence of of of, of good masses, good liturgy, um, and uh, devotion, uh, promoting Eucharistic devotion, adoration. We've seen time and again, if you look at the surveys of of seminarians, you know, preparing for the priesthood. Time and again, they say that their vocations, their call to the priesthood came to them largely through prayer in adoration before the Eucharist. And so the Mass, of course, is, is the source and you know summit of our faith, the Eucharist, but adoration, you know, is is extremely important and in addition to that. And then finally, Eucharistic living, this idea that um that a Eucharist a devotion to the Eucharist is reflected in the entire lifestyle of the person. 
and that every Catholic is carrying within them the body and blood of Christ. And that was given to us for a reason. It's not just some kind of sidelight of being Catholic. It's not the freebie you get when you decide to to get in line, right? It's it's so much, much more than that. And helping young people to understand that is vital to renewing a devotion to the Eucharist because otherwise, you know, they don't understand why Christ, you know, provides himself in that way. And so to this end, you you have assembled a lot of folks to help you with this and they have all been contributing lots of resources. There's a, a significant section of the Newman Society website, which of course we'll link in our notes, all, all kinds of resources. And then it's broken down into sections for families and parishes and schools and, and several different sorts of cohorts, I guess it would be maybe a word, although that might, that word is kind of getting overused anymore, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> just uh, there's such a, a volume of, of resources there. It seems like it, it would be ideal for for families looking to participate in this Eucharistic renewal to to draw upon some of these resources here in their homes, take them to their parishes, um, mm-hmm. interact with their homeschool groups and things like that, all kinds of ways to to do that. How how has that gone assembling all these all these fine resources and all these fine folks helping you? Oh, it's been it's been great. And um, you know, we're continually seeking out these projects, you know, um, a lot of the the schools or colleges or individuals who we talk to and we encourage them to submit a project to put up there, you know, they'll kind of say, well, you know, we don't really need the recognition. Thank you. That's really nice. But it's not just about recognizing the people who are doing this. It's about sharing the ideas, sharing the projects, helping other people to see them, and simply just the quantity of it and the the awareness that so much of this is happening around the country is such an inspiration and an encouragement to people who are regularly beaten down by the culture and even by the things happening within the church and feeling like, you know, maybe things are, are going away. You know, maybe the Catholic faith is somehow disappearing from American life. And we've certainly had our challenges. But when you look at this and you see what's going on in Catholic education and the revitalization and the fact that there really are good things happening, I love hearing from the older people who look at it and say, I had no idea this was going on. You know, this is this is what I remember from the 50s and the 40s. And and it's still happening today. And that's just such an encouragement to me, even if I don't see it in my own parish. I've been participating in our rural Arkansas parish here over the last uh, couple of years, but getting involved in faith formation and things. And it's really just lovely to me to see. And it's I guess this is largely I say this with the inspiration of uh, Monsignor Shea and some of his people there who were talking about we're in a post Christendom era but to see people's desire for for first the love and forgiveness of our lord usually is where it seems like it starts out that they, they don't they don't even think about that at first it's just like well i've always been going to mass or oh, this is what our family did and all of a sudden it's like okay there's there's god that loves us and then you start getting but then as soon as they get to that point where they see okay yes there's a this is a personal thing and then you you, they understand what the eucharist is and they start to see 
okay, this is what's going on at mass. And this is why we're supposed to be quiet and not jump up and start socializing in the pews right after mass gets over, because we've just, re we're tabernacles now. We, we're, we've we received, and they love it. They get excited about it. it you can just see it for them. So, I'm, you know, it, I'm glad that, I'm glad that there's this effort to, to really bring that out because no wonder why we're even though the church is i think making a strong comeback now in many ways no wonder why we're languishing to a certain extent if people don't even know that what the eucharist is and and uh that it's there in our church you know exactly they don't know i mean i think that's the key thing they don't know what right um this is i mean this is even what christ said right you know they know not what they do and that's why Catholic education for me is the answer, right? They don't know, but God's given us the, the window to knowledge, to understanding all of this and to knowing it. And, and we who have the faith need to, to give it to others. And we, we need to do everything we can to bring it to them. And it's just how I, you know, again, I just can't, get over how exciting and enjoyable it is when like I visit these schools or I talk to these homeschool parents about their life and you meet the young people, especially. Right. And it's just, it's glorious, right. To see the results of when things are done right and done well, um, you really do end up with, with amazing young people, even in a culture that's pulling them constantly down, even in these times, you end up with some just beautiful saints. I think, I really think we're less than a generation away from seeing some really amazing examples of sainthood because we're seeing young people who are formed well and are prepared for it and are ready to give themselves to Christ in an extraordinary way because of this kind of education that they're getting at Colby and other places. And um, what we're the results we're going to see are probably far beyond anything we imagine today. I kind of wanted to throw an amen out there right right then, uh, yeah. Patrick, because I, I've I've been seeing it myself because I, I came from a secular public school background, and for me to be able to see some of the the kids who have been brought up second generation, third generation, getting broken away from that getting brought up through the Newman Guide schools and things, they, they're they at a different level than, I mean, there's, their struggles are of a different sort than, than where, where, where I think I'm coming from, at least they've got all the struggles. I know there's, it's, it doesn't become easy, but the, the floor is raised up so much, I think, and the ceiling is so much higher for them um, with God's grace, of course. But, yeah. Yeah. And we, and, you know, we see it in our own lives. I mean, I've certainly experienced my, you know, my kids were homeschooled through a good faithful program. They went to good uh, Newman guide colleges, all of them undergraduate. Um, my oldest is getting married um, next week and um, he's marrying another Newman guide college graduate. And yeah, it's just extraordinary. I mean, you know, I, I try not to, to fill them with pride. So I probably don't say it as much as I could, but I just, I watch them and I'm just so impressed by who they are and, and the way that they talk about things and how they understand things 
that simply, you know, that's not where I was at their age, not even close. It wasn't where I was when I started the Cardinal Newman Society. You know, I mean, these are just people who in every way are, are better, not because by nature they're better, but because they were formed better and they embraced that. They had to make choices. They had to embrace it themselves. But I'm just so, so happy and impressed to see that. For good reason. There, that's so, it gives so much reason for hope to, to see all the good things happening, to be able to highlight that and, and celebrate that at this point is, is a, a real joy. It, it doesn't escape me that this episode is going to air if all goes to plan uh, just before the feast of the most holy body and blood of Christ. So I love that the, t- the timing of that, taking this time to reminisce and celebrate the accomplishments and the service of the Cardinal Newman Society has, has really been a pleasure. Uh, we have our, I've referred to our show notes several times. We're going to have lots of stuff in our show notes. So I hope our listeners will check that out. We've got some articles from our Colby blog featuring Colby alumni who went on to Newman Guide Schools, writing about their experiences, how Colby helped them in those in those future steps and what their experiences at the Newman Guide Schools meant to them. I've referenced a few uh, Colby cast episodes along the way in this conversation that I'll link in our in our notes. Uh, we have a resource from the Cardinal Newman Society, an ebook on teaching young Catholics to love the Eucharist that, that you all have shared with us and we'll make available to our listeners. Um, at this point, do you have any final thoughts or takeaways you'd like to share with us? Wow, um, I have so many. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you have great. another hour. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, just I just God bless you. God bless your your students, and and God bless the the parents. I you know it just all of this comes down to the parents making making the best choices and. Um, sometimes doing it in a way that's very countercultural, and that's not easy. And so I'm just so grateful to to parents who are choosing good, faithful Catholic education, helping their young people to choose good, faithful Catholic education. And I just pray and, and truly believe, I have great hope that this is going to to continue to bloom and really explode in the next generation. To where you know we have thousands upon thousands of young people getting this kind of education and what a difference that is going to make to our world to our culture it's going to be enormous yes well we at colby appreciate all the work of the cardinal newman society and pray for continued blessings upon you all thanks so much for coming back to visit with us today thank you thank you so much subscribe to the colby cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.